Welcome to the Optimized Pharmacy Podcast, where we discuss strategies to grow your pharmacy, tools to accelerate that growth, and how top pharmacies are executing and winning. All right, we're back with episode number four. Um, as always, it is myself and Logan. Uh, from Keystone Compounding Pharmacy, pharmacy consultant, helps out all with the things that we do at Growth Farm, but also director of special projects, wears a bunch of hats at Keystone uh, Compounding Pharmacy up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And today we're talking about the cloud of the looming recession, um, or technically we're actually in one. But um, one of the things that I really wanted to get off my chest, and I basically just messaged Logan and said, like, hey, man, we're doing a podcast. Like, sit down, buckle up. Like, I don't care. Uh, I'm going to rant on this. And it, you know, today what I wanted to talk about why it's super misleading for pharmacy owners. And I see it in some of the decision-making and conversation I'm, I'm having, uh, you know, the conversations I'm having with pharmacy owners. And so I'd like to share some data about recessions because they are not equal to all industries. And I want to walk through some examples of that allow you to trust but verify the information that I provide, but also maybe hopefully make you look a little bit different um, at your business, you know, and um, maybe take a different perspective on what you think the next 12, 24 months could look like inside of your pharmacy. So that's what the episode is going to be about. So I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I am going to rant. Um, so like I said, I'm going to try to keep it really unbiased, but I just don't, think people grasp it. Um, and I can understand why a lot of pharmacy owners might not have the same perspective that I do because, well, one, I'd argue I am not a pharmacy owner, so I'll take that caveat, take that shot. That's okay. Um, but hopefully with today's episode, when I cover, you know, it won't matter that I'm not a pharmacy owner. You'll just take the information at, at what it is. Um, and like I said, I'm not surprised that pharmacy owners feel this way because if you listen to the news, which I think is dangerous in a multitude of, of aspects, uh, they will make you feel horrible about the world in general on a consistent basis. And so right now they're just making you feel really, really bad about the economy. Right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I feel like it's always doom and gloom right now. We got, we got, we got away from the C word and now we're, now we're going back down, down another, uh, rabbit hole. Yeah. Now it's just like inflation and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong. There are problems. I'm not going to pretend that there's not, but again, not all industries are equal. Um, and so that's, that's my first point actually. So not all industries are equal for those listening. If you want to wait till after the episode's over. Awesome. Cause I hope you want to listen, go and search recession proof industries and look at historical information around that subject. I'm just going to rattle off a couple because it's not like I had to cherry pick these. These are like every article that you would possibly read. So I'm going to read a little snippet here from a Forbes article that I pulled up. So it says, one of the things that most people are unable to cut back spending on is healthcare. No matter your income, there is still a value on your health that is not easily reduced by a decline in income. Organizations that are involved with healthcare operations will continue to be needed regardless of the state of the economy. Despite a looming recession, healthcare is not particularly threatened. So that's example number one. And I think like here, quick segue for you, Logan, right before we started the podcast, you kind of talked about, um, you know, gas and, and, um, and medications and stuff. So I think that's a right. quick little example that you should bring up. Yeah. So, I mean, 
just like um, gas is inelastic, no matter what the price is going to be, no matter how expensive it gets, I still need to get to work. Um, no different than a diabetic who needs their insulin. They need it. Otherwise, they're going to really seriously impact their health. Um, and so they're going to pay whatever the cost is going to be um, for, for their in- insulin. So uh, yeah, I think that's and, a, and just a, really quick, I know this is like anecdotal and just right now at the time of the recording, which is, you know, November 9th or something, uh, 2022, but at the pharmacy, have you heard anything from patients like, Hey, got to cut back, like anything like that? Have you, have you heard murmurs of that? And I'm still going to get into my data, but like, have you heard anything from patients? I mean, there's always patients that are are like, I don't want to pay that much for XYZ medication, but for the most part, no, I think the largest part I've heard is, is mostly patients paying for, for some supplements where they're, shying away from probably the more expensive, you know, we've got some protein powders that are $132 um, that I haven't seen move as quickly as normal. But other than that, uh, I'm seeing pretty, pretty typical buying patterns. Okay. Well, well, we'll remember that. And if we do a future episode and it falls off a cliff, you know, everyone can make fun of me and then, uh, you know, reference, you know, me asking Logan that question and how wrong that was. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna share some data with you. I don't I don't think I'm wrong. I'm okay being on the record with this. That's why I wanted to make the podcast. Um, so number two from Investopedia again, just pulling stuff from the first couple articles that I that I clicked on. And I did more research than this. I just want to make it clear that if you just do a Google search, it's it's this simple. Um, Investopedia. If any industry can be said to be recession proof, it's healthcare. People will still get sick in good times and bad. So the healthcare industry isn't likely to be experienced to experience the same level of cutbacks or job losses. So again, Investopedia. And if big institutional, you know, newspapers or what have you, or, you know, uh, sites with a bunch of articles, I don't know what you classify them as I'm blanking, but if that's not good enough for you, Tony Robbins, love them or hate them says people need healthcare to live. That demand doesn't decline when the economy does healthcare is always inelastic, meaning the demand for it doesn't change based on its price. Demand for healthcare may even rise during a recession as people seek help with mental health. So, you know, mental health, getting a little shout out there. So, all that to say, do some research, look into a couple different articles, um, look into many articles and look at historically how industries perform. Because again, it is, it is not the same um, in every industry. And I think that's the mistake that people are making right now is they're using a broad brush, right? And, and that's just dangerous in, in life. I hate broad brushes to describe anything. Um, so that's like my quick research on just take a look at some articles, but I also want to dive deeper into specifically what actually Tony Robbins talks about a little bit at the end there, which is layoffs. Cause right now in the news, again, at the time of the recording, there's lots of, um, topic and chatter around Twitter, laying off employees, Facebook, laying em- off employees today, uh, Shopify laid off people in the past, uh, Google laid off quite a bit of people. Zillow's laid off a lot of people. Zoom's laid off a lot of people um, and you know the list goes on and on. There's plenty of companies that are, are laying off a lot of people right now. And the distinction that I wanna make between those companies and you know an independent pharmacy is one, a lot of those are tech, they're not healthcare. So again, like, right. you can't just go like cherry picking companies and say, hey, there's no mortgage demand, therefore my pharmacy is gonna fall apart, right? Those aren't the same thing. Um, but also too, if you take a look at the lot of, a lot of the companies that are laying off lots of people, they are companies that had demand pulled forward, 
right? So, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Shopify, Google, Zillow, Zoom, like those companies benefited exponentially from COVID. And I'll say the word from the virus, right? They, they did really well in the stay at home, work from home environment. And so their demand was pulled forward. And then as that demand has come back to more normal levels, really in a lot of ways, um, in some ways less, but for the most part, normal, um, that labor isn't needed. So, you know, same thing with like Target and Walmart and some of these big box retailers, they were like, oh my gosh, people have stimulus checks. They have all this money. We need to buy more inventory. We need to hire more people because we need to maximize this upside of this like, you know, cash flooded system. But now that it's come back down, maybe to more reality, they don't need those people. They don't need that inventory. And so you see these layoffs and you think it's like the end of the world, but plenty of these companies still have more people today than they had two years ago. Some of them obviously not, but you just take a look at the, the percent decrease and you just only look at that because there's plenty of headline readers in the world and that scares you as a business owner. And so what I want to point out with these companies specifically is that they're going to be in the news because they're the big companies they're in the S&P 500, what have you, but their last two years looks probably a lot different than yours as a pharmacy. Some pharmacies, you know, Logan, I'll, I'll let you kind of interject on this, but like pharmacies definitely hired pharmacies definitely had some issues with hiring and obviously uh, the cost of labor and different stuff like that. But some of these companies like doubled or tripled their workforce, right? Like I talked to my dad and his, you know, his staff, um, you know, talking to him about his, uh, his labor and his payroll and stuff like that in the last, um, two years. And again, I'm just using his quote here. He didn't hire anyone during COVID. They had a, a bunch of demand. I think some, some people worked some extra hours and stuff like that, but like they didn't hire anyone new or if they did, it was like maybe one or two people and he's got a very busy pharmacy, right? Like that's very different than a company that doubled their workforce. And now it's like, ah, oh, wow, we don't need as many people. So we're gonna cut half the new people that we hired. If your pharmacy didn't you know, hire a bunch of people for this increased demand with vaccines and stuff like that, like you probably don't have people to cut, right? You probably don't aren't gonna have this like massive drop off in, in revenue or in, in demand because you, you know, you never hired or, you know what I mean? You don't have to cut expenses as aggressively as some of these companies have to. Oh, hundred percent. I don't think either one of the pharmacies I was at, we didn't hire anyone. Uh, in fact, we stayed the same amount of workers and we just increased workload. Uh, which probably led to some burnout. I mean, you hear that a lot as well, but you're not really getting the same um, same effect that you're seeing in some of these tech companies. Um, so I think I think it's it's really interesting to see that. Uh, on the flip side, I think it kind of goes back to that typical like supply and demand. Like so many people are online shopping and doing all the things. Those companies needed more people to to kind of fulfill that, and now now that money's getting a little bit tighter people aren't ordering as much as they were completely completely so again don't 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 just blindly got you know follow me um or or logan or anything that we're saying on this podcast per se but like look at your business are, are you you know you're not in the same industry so we kind of like debunked that and then also did you hire and aggressively you know, put the pedal to the floor like some of these other companies did over the past two years, right? Because if you didn't, then you're also probably not in the same situation um, as them. So that's kind of like dispelling that concept that 
layoffs in other industries does not equal layoffs in pharmacy. No, I would definitely agree with that. Sweet. Okay. All right. Third, I got, I got four. So number three, um, in doing some research into how consumers and companies differ during recessions and stuff, um, there's an interesting concept that, uh, I learned about, which is called the lipstick effect. Um, I'm not sure if I, I kind of explained this to you, Logan, but basically consumers replace big purchases with cheaper options. And there's a concept in, you know, recession, I guess, um, environments, recessionary environments known as the lipstick effect, which is that the lipstick effect is when consumers still spend money on small indulgences during recessions, economic downturns, or even when they personally have little cash, they do not have enough to spend on big ticket luxury items. However, many still find the cash for purchases of small luxury items, such as premium lipstick. And so it's called the lipstick effect because even in a re recessionary environment, people actually start to upgrade some of those indulgences, some of those, mm. you know, um, you know, guilty pleasures, maybe if you will, um, because they're not spending that same amount or, you know, spending large chunks of cash on big purchases, right? So instead of going on a vacation that costs you five grand for the family, you don't go on the vacation, but you don't spend five grand, you spend 2,500. And now that 2,500 that was going to go to Hawaii in a vacation, what have you, is now spent locally in the community. And so they're probably not spending it on big purchases, but they're going to spend it on things historically like consumer staples, which is like, you know, all the you know groceries, things that you need there. Uh, but also like in the health and wellness space, in the cosmetic space, you know, in the, um, you know, the supplement space, like those, those segments actually perform really well in recessionary environments because money that was set aside for trucks, cars, uh, houses, you know, whatever, you know, what have you, people are taking some of that cash and are spending it now on these smaller purchases. And so they actually, in some ways might spend more at your pharmacy, at your business, in your local community, because they don't have that money tied up for those bigger purchases. No, that makes sense. I think, um, I mean, you've, I've seen it in, in, in certain, especially, I mean, obviously with me, the biggest recession I saw recently was COVID. So, um, but there was definitely a higher impact on, on selling certain supplements. I mean, if we look at the supplement sales from last year, December to this year, December, or this coming up year, December, it's probably going to be significantly lower than what it was a, a year ago. Um, but it's still going to be up there. So I think no matter what, you know, in those recessions, those people are going to still spend the money on, on items that they value. And I think that's something to really focus in on. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'd love to see what the data actually ends up being because on one hand, you're right. There was more cash in the system. So, you know, people spending money last year, they had more money to spend. I think one thing that I will say in playing like devil's advocate is as real estate prices come down, that definitely impacts, um, consumer spending more than other things coming down. Um, I forget who did the research, but I, I heard it the other day that essentially if, a, if you lose a dollar in stocks, you feel like you lost a dollar. And so you like spend like a dollar less. So let's say for example, your stocks went down like 20 grand, like you feel like you had 20 grand less, but in real estate, the research found from what I heard that if you lost 20 grand in your house value, you feel like you lost like 30 or 40 grand. You felt like you lost more than a dollar. So I do think like real estate could be interesting about like consumer spending and stuff like that. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, I'm just going to be I'm very curious what your December will look like. And also, too, like you could have a, a dip from this December to last December, but still be historically above your average of what you guys did in like 2018, 2017, 2019, stuff like that. So I think that's like also important to remember. I'm not saying that there's not going to be demand decreases. I think in some ways there will be demand increases. But what I am saying is if you hear, hey, mortgage applications are down 90%, that doesn't mean that your pharmacy is going to go down 90%. I'm like, it could go down 10%, but that is a 9x difference in how one industry's, you know, current time period looks versus your pharmacy. You know what I mean? I want to make that point clear. Like, I guess I'm not saying there will be, there's, that there's not going to be an impact on demand. I'm just saying to the effect that you see it in under in, other industries, they are not right. apples to apples. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, people who, who, who have a house and want to move, they, uh, you know, at that point, they're not going to go spend money on a, on a new house, uh, where they can continue to live where they're living. Um, so no, definitely makes sense. For sure. So how, is, right. how, do, how do you strategize against that? How do you strategize, you know, when you're going into a recession? Yeah. So I think with that question that leads into point number four, which is doing nothing is not a strategy. So. I think now is a great time. I think it's been a great time, honestly, probably for the past like six months, the writing's been on the wall for probably quite a while, but now is the time to take a look at, you know, some of your expenses and things as a pharmacy, but also like not marketing, not trying to grow is not a strategy, right? Like the fight or flight, like, or freeze, like you, you don't want to just like freeze, you know, like there, there should be something that you're doing, whether it's like producing some expenses on maybe some things that you just got loose with and you know, it's unnecessary spending, but also, um, like there's a fight element of it as well that you should adopt, which is like, what are the things that will move the needle forward for us that we can go attack and let's focus and let's build structure around reverse engineering to our end goal. Um, the, the good thing about goals is that, you know, there, there's, it's good to have a, like something to aspire to, but I think the problem with goals is if you don't like put a plan of action and like checks and balances and a way to like accurately get feedback of whether or not you're trending in the right direction. I think like a goal is just like a pie in the sky. Like it'd be like me saying, Hey, I want to triple my business next year. It's like, cool. How? Right? right. So don't just like have a goal of like what you want to achieve, but also, um, put together a, a plan and have like accountability built into that plan so that you make sure that you're making progress on that. And I can't give just universal advice in terms of what that, you know, thing or what that focus should be for 2023 for your pharmacy. Cause I think there's so many variables, but you know, things that you should consider is, you know, what your pharmacy's cash looks like, right? Um, you know, there's a great analogy that I heard from Keith Cunningham that he tells at a lot of his events, which is, you know, if I came to you, Logan, and I said, Hey, Logan, I need to lose 20 pounds. And you're like, great, Chris, I can help you do that. Here's a plan of action for losing 20 pounds over the next three to four months. Right. But then I said, Oh no, Logan, I need to lose 20 pounds in 24 hours. Right. It's no longer, Hey, let's talk about your meal plan. Let's talk about exercising. Let's talk about your water intake. Let's talk a lot about your caloric intake, what have you. It's, what limb are we cutting off? Right. Because the right. time has changed the options. And so for you as a pharmacy, you need to take a look at 
you know, with your cash, with your direction of how your business is going, obviously you should have different dashboards, taking a look at your income statement, your PL, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, your timeline is going to impact what decisions you can make as a pharmacy. And so if you're doing well as a pharmacy, you might be able to sink your teeth into more long-term um, strategies that may not see immediate returns in the next 30 days, but you'll see returns in 30, you know, or in three months or six months or nine months, if you start to consistently ex execute that, that might be the right decision for your pharmacy. But for another pharmacy, if, if, you know, cash is tight and it's not looking like you have too many months out in front of you. If you don't make a decision, you need to start, you know, attacking solutions that get you a faster return. And so regardless of those two options, doing nothing is not a strategy. Sitting on oh, your hands absolutely. is not a strategy. There is, um, you know, I want to make it clear that you can be patient. Patience is okay. I'm not saying to just like rush into something. Um, you know, Warren Buffett loves to be patient with cash. And then when he decides to deploy it and stuff like that. So I'm not saying don't have patience, but if you're going to be patient, you should be actively like looking for opportunity, right? Like, Hey, I'm for example, me in real estate, it's like, I'm not buying a house right now, but I'm actively keeping tabs on the market to when I think would be a good time to buy an investment property. So I'm patient, but I'm active, right? I'm not doing nothing. And so like, that would be my last point that I want to really emphasize with all of this, you know, I think I've made my point on like all industries are not equal layoffs in other industries does not mean layoffs in your industry. Like, you know, it's not apples to apples. I think I've pointed out some, some data in regards to consumer spending and how they really perform inside of recessions. Take a look at how restaurants do in recessions, grocery stores do in recessions, like believe it or not, they do really well. Um, healthcare being one of those. And then last but not least, um, choose a, you know, choose a strategy or, you know, choose, choose your focus for your pharmacy, but don't do nothing because nothing, you know, it's not going to get you anywhere. Like you're probably going to go backwards and you're definitely not going forward. Right. So, um, that's, that's my rant, man. That's just like, I wanted this episode. I wanted to talk about this subject because I, I think there's gonna be a lot of pharmacies that did that do nothing during this time period, unless they listen to this podcast and in six months, they're going to wish that they were more active during this time period and that they might've thought the sky was falling a little bit more than it was. I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, the other side of that is I think just the mentality, if they start having that mentality of all the time, kind of thinking about what I should be focusing on, they're going to continue to grow and develop. And I think that'll be a really good kind of mindset to carry no matter what's going on, if it's a recession or if it's, uh, you know, not a recession. So, yeah, I, I mean, take these with you, you know, there's corny phrases like where energy flows, you know, where attention flows, you know, whatever. I mean, there's so many like, uh, what is it where attention flows or energy flows, results flow or something like that. Like what you focus on, you know, whatever. Um, but I think you bring up a great point, which is if you're actively focusing on trying to grow the pharmacy versus actively thinking about the world is ending, I'm a victim, woe is me, you'll find yourself in a much better situation. Absolutely. And if you listen to the podcast, maybe we'll give you some really good ideas of <laughs> things to focus on. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. If we haven't already, for sure, in an upcoming episode. So if you haven't liked this, you know, enough so far, or I promise we're bringing on some cool guests. So 
Uh, appreciate you listening to my to my TED talk, to my rant uh, for Logan being a, a great set of ears and for all of you guys listening. So if you haven't already, subscribe, like the podcast. Hey, we'll take emails. We'll take feedback in any way, shape, or form, good or bad. Um, continue to help us figure out the best ways to help you as a pharmacy. I think there'll be plenty of examples like this where we just need to get something off our chest based on conversations that we've had in the last week. Um, but again, we will be bringing on guests. That's not just a statement. And we'll, you know, be, you know, we'll continue to try to bring insight into, you know, or perspective into your life that helps you as a business owner, whether it's just us asking questions or us educating you on, uh, on some different subjects. So appreciate you listening as always, and we'll see you on that the next episode.